Heroes of the Realms, welcome back to part two of episode 33. This is a very special part two, guys. We have, first of all, a really special interview from our UK correspondent, our kennel, who flagged down Rob Doherty at the expo and was able to sit down with him for about uh, 25 minutes and ask him some really nice questions and learn more about the game, including some really important big news, guys. So stay tuned and listen to our kennels interview next. Right, well, uh, I'm here with Rob uh, at UKGE. Uh, it's the end of day two. Um, it, it's been a great day. Rob, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. I am, uh, I'm, uh, I'm tired, but, uh, <laughs> but, but good. Uh, the show's been very busy. Um, we've got uh, Kapow here for the first time in yes, the UK. I played and it yesterday, uh, yeah, twice. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of fun. And uh, we've uh, done a, uh, the demo staff has been brilliant. They've been doing tons of demos. Uh, and um, we've had uh, uh, people coming up and buying uh, stuff all day. Uh, some of the Star Realms and Hero Realms stuff is a little tricky to get uh, okay. it, here. Um, so, for example, uh, people said character packs are in short supply. Oh, right. uh, okay. So um, the fact that we have them here, they've been we've we've gone through a lot Amazing. of them. I'm actually almost out of, <laughs> of a couple. Oh, oh, no. So uh, we'll see if we uh, if I, I think I'm going to sell out of uh, of at least wizard tomorrow. So uh, well, great yeah, great news see. for the hero realms. And, yes, and yeah. For, for wise wizard as well. So yeah. Right. Um, so so how have you found the, the expo generally? Oh, I, I love this show. It's uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I. Uh, I wish I could have more time to walk around. <laughs> In previous years, we've we've been here, but other uh, companies have been sort of running uh, our booth for us, okay. um, and that was nice because then I got to uh, see the show a little bit yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, CJ is here as well. He actually is running the tournament today. I think he's I think he's still okay. over there uh, okay. running the top eight. Uh, so. Um, we've got the Star Realms Legend Series today. We've got the Hero Realms Legend Series tomorrow. Yes. And I really love being able to do those events uh, uh, here in the UK because in the US, people have a few more opportunities to play. Yeah. I mean, the distances are large, you know, traveling <laughs> to Gen Con or, uh, or Origins or, uh, or whatnot. But, uh, but it's nice having some... Uh, 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 events on this side of the pond as well. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, that, that kind of leads me to a question I was going to ask later, but, but we'll ask it now because uh, there's been uh, quite a few people uh, as part of the, the, the Sparks and Rec community are keen to know, do you have plans on taking the tournament anywhere else in the world? Uh, well, I know there's like a, there's a PAX in Melbourne, in Australia. So, um, I... One thing is our we have uh, we have localization partners in a lot of parts of the world. So, for example, uh, Yellow in France, uh, De Vere in Spain, uh, uh, Italy, and uh, Portugal, uh, and uh, uh, also in like uh, Central and South America. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm going to be going uh, as a special guest to uh, Mega XP in uh, uh, in Mexico City uh, in July, and we're going to be running Legend Series tournaments there. Uh, so that'll be our first. Uh, 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 Legend Series tournament uh, in uh, in Mexico, so that'll be fun. Amazing! Um, uh, <laughs> Amazing. So uh, and and uh, we're open to doing uh, those events with our with our local partners. So, right. like for example, we're doing this one with Devere in Mexico. Right. Uh, but uh, we uh, yeah. So in theory, we could have them in, you know in any of the regions where we have a localization partner. Um, and then. Uh, 
Uh, and then when we're personally someplace like, um, like uh, here, here <laughs> yeah. uh, Spiel isn't really set up so much as a playing show. Okay. It's, a, it's So it's a little harder to run at, uh, there. Um, so we haven't run one in Germany at Spiel. But, okay. uh, what, what uh, about Japan? I have to ask for Matt. Yeah. What about Japan? Uh, so um, I, I, I would love to uh, do stuff in Japan. I actually, we actually do not have a localization partner for Japan, uh, but uh, I really love to get one. We, we actually, I, I, ha- I did localization with Ascension, uh, a game okay. I did before Star yeah, Realms yeah. with uh, Arclight in Japan. But we haven't set up anything in Japan yet for Star Realms, Hero Realms, um, and uh, and I would love to. Um, and but basically, uh, if, if Matt really wants a tournament in Japan, he can go and find a localization partner. Exactly, and then you know, then we can set it up. So just not much work, very easy to do. Right. Yeah, I'm here as part of the, the um, Hero Realms community, so I'm keen to find out a bit more about the Hero Realms design yeah. as well. So in the the digital. We've recently seen uh, in the beta, the yeah. beta, so, beta, yeah. <laughs> beta. I'm Australian sure. and, and English. Um, yeah. Um, in the beta, we've seen you know the the alchemist, the barbarian, uh, and the uh, the druid recently. Yes. Um, I, I'm keen to hear about what's the process that you go through, you and Darwin and the team. Yeah. What process do you go through when you're designing, when you're thinking about a new possible character? What are the steps you go through? What are the sorts of things you? What's your approach? So. Um, uh, the characters are uh, are flavor driven. So um, when uh, doing design, sometimes you'll have an idea for a really cool mechanic, like yeah. oh, this is a, an interesting uh, uh, series of game steps that one could do, which seem like they'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And then you try and find a flavor to you know to to match okay. with it. Um, and other times uh, you'll have a, uh, a, uh, an idea for flavor and then you try and find mechanics that go well to match that flavor. With the, uh, with the character packs, we're, we're going on the, the flavor-driven uh, side, so we're starting about thinking about, okay, what would a, uh, a, a paladin do? What would a bard do? What would a, uh, you know, a, a necromancer a paladin, do or an assassin? That or... So, so that's, that's, that's a really interesting approach. I know, uh, am I right in assuming that the, the necromancer and maybe even the druid might have been inspired by some of the, the fan-made ideas that were popping up on Facebook or... So, um, uh, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily, yeah. Uh, I mean, I do love, you know, talking to people in the community yeah. and, uh, and you know, sometimes ideas like enter your head and then percolate and you don't sure. you don't realize where they came from yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know quite possibly <laughs> but i don't know uh, <laughs> so, so for because i know there are a few people in the community that, that are keen to you they, they play around and tinkle yeah. themselves what what would be your uh, advice or tips for someone that, that wants to maybe create a custom character for themselves at home uh, yeah what's your, your top tip for them in, in going about how you how you do it so um so basically the for me, the, making the, the the sort of starting character deck, what comes in the character pack, relatively easy. You know, you okay. think about the flavor of what you want the uh, the character to be doing. The really challenging part is uh, doing the skill and ability trees. Yeah. And you may find that the ability that you designed as the one though for them at the level three, yeah. uh, the character pack level, um, is neat but doesn't 
really scale well, in which case you may have to, you know, um, tweak it a bit to do that. So, um, uh, and uh, and then making interesting treasure. The 20 treasure cards per character is a, course, is a lot of design. Yeah. So, um, so, so that's interesting. Do you, with the characters you wrote, uh, like the newer characters you've that we're seeing have yeah. you already got that like before yes. you even wow so basically lots of, lots that, um, so uh, so yeah low, so we have uh, we're going to be increasing the level cap in the beta up to actually level 24 yes. so we'll be able to test the you know the the treasures for the fighter and the wizard and you know uh, etc um, so the skill and ability trees take you all the way to level 24 yes, yeah. as they exist now because uh, you can get the second ability yeah, um, and uh, uh, the treasure cards however um, you know we have additional uh, you know every time you get that uh, uh, every couple levels you get yes. uh, two more treasure cards so uh, we have a we have a, a additional treasures for all the uh, for the main five characters and then for the new characters we're just having all 24 treasures oh, coming out. Um, okay. and uh, uh, I love the fact that we can we're doing this uh, this balance testing because it's, like um, honestly I got pretty lucky with the first five hero realms okay. characters because we tested every card um, and uh, and uh, but the number you it's in, it's impossible for a small group to do a significant test on the entire skill, ability, treasure trees with so all the different permutations choices, permutations. Yeah. Even with a large group, we're not going to see every possible combo. But getting the thousands and thousands of games we get with the uh, with the beta testing, um, and we can see win percentages and stuff. And yeah. you know, we start getting uh, really uh, statistically significant sample sizes um, and. We also can see not only win percentages but choice percentages. So if yeah. if everybody's choosing A and nobody's choosing B on a treasure or something, you it, go it may be it, yeah, we got to tweak it to make it more interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, so um, uh, that and being able to do that uh, before we print is fantastic. With the original five characters, we did our testing and you know we we tested them pretty hard, but. It's just not significant with the number of, of permutations, and we've had to make a few tweaks to the original five classes, but not much at all. Um, so uh, it, um, but I was expecting to have to do more. Yeah, they've um, held up quite well, haven't they? Yeah, they, so. they have held up quite well, yeah. uh, and you, so basically, being able to do that with the new characters ahead of time is fantastic. Um, well, we can't wait to see them when when they roll yeah. out. Um, you've, a couple of things you said there. Uh, are of interest for me. So, you've clearly got this plan for you know level twenty four. Yeah. Kind of, that's that's the journey in terms of uh, level cap. Do you have any similar plans in terms of uh, final ultimate numbers of characters, like classes and or ancestry races? Uh, so no, uh, that that's going to expand as you know as the world expands. So um, we have so the ancestries are coming into the beta soon um and those i strongly so how many o's in, in soon uh, how, how soon is soon <laughs> they, it's the current thing the digital the it's the current expansion the digital team's working on so okay. and Exciting. uh and because it's beta and you guys know hey things might not the my things might break yeah, then it you know then soon becomes much sooner than it would be otherwise because okay. uh um it's a it's a very different thing to put the full version out than the beta version course. Um, so so we recently had the launch of Call to Arms and yeah. Level 14. So what's next in terms of 
what we'll actually see. For the for the for regular users, the next release will be Ancestries, um, uh, and then uh, um, and basically releases. My plan is for releases to alternate between level cap in, uh, increases and mar with market deck cards mm -hmm. and uh, character and additional character stuff. So Ancestries is our character stuff expansion. So we just did one where we had a level cap and more cards. That was the Call to Arms. Yes. Then Ancestries is going to be, okay, some more character stuff and uh, um, and uh, and, then, and uh, uh, then we'll have... Um, then we'll have uh, some Journeys cards content with uh, level cap pushing to 16. Um, and then we'll have, uh, it'll probably be the Barbarian and Alchemist. And then we'll have, you know, and, and this process is going to continue. So we have like a like a three-year oh, road, road, roadmap. roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, like the beta testing is fantastic. Um, the weird thing is... They, a lot of the stuff you guys are seeing is literally years away in the app okay. uh, for okay. the uh, release schedule. We just need it tested to make sure that the, to keep to have the cards that we print not have to go through a sure. ton of uh, ton of errata. That, that makes um, complete sense. So, um, so it's fantastic, but it's also sad because you know, like uh, it's it's hard to you know wait yeah. that long for but, the stuff. But, the but it sounds like there'll be other stuff coming out. Uh, in, yeah, in yeah the there'll be stuff so. regularly coming. All of it's, it will be in the beta before it's in the wild so fantastic and is there any other stuff that we might be able to expect for the digital version things like the arena tournament yeah so um basically organized play is stuff that we're looking at doing so we so first step of that is arena where it's okay. like okay weekly special format and try and get six wins before you get two losses and, um, and where are we on the journey uh, so that, that is also being currently worked on by the digital team um then the the next step in that will be uh, tournaments like the Star Realms tournaments in the Star Realms app, where we can have you know special events and and that uh, uh, and I'm very excited about being able to do cool weird stuff in the tournaments. So, for example, having a tournament where you come in at level one or level three uh, with a character, and every round, win or lose, you level up. Um, so you're making those yes, uh, choices yes. and progressing as you um, as you play through the tournament. Um, uh, I'm interested in doing like uh, like uh, deathmatch events where basically it's like you you have a character enter with characters and uh, and it's like the uh, pit fight in the okay, yes. uh, yeah. if you uh, lose if you lose gone. you're dead if yeah. you uh, um, if you win Fantastic. you level up um, yeah uh, so well, um, and I know as well that you uh, I'm not sure if you went to the Splintered Thunder uh, yes. event or you did. Yeah. Uh, I heard that you, you got some interesting ideas from there as well. Sure. So maybe we'll see those yeah. in the app at uh, they, some, some point. There's, some yeah, point. there's so much cool stuff to do. And like uh, honestly, we've got a giant list of both features and content that we want to add to the uh, the app. So it's it's a uh, it's all a matter of uh, of opportunity cost. So do you, we, you know, every time we choose to do a thing, we're choosing not to do everything, everything else, else on the list. Yeah. So I, yeah. I get the sense that there's there's a lot. I mean, you're doing an excellent job of of giving me information and still holding, you know, not giving too much information. Um, it sounds like, you know, you've got a, a really great plan in your mind without necessarily sharing any details that, you know, aren't ready to be released into the wild. With what you know about what you and Darwin and the team have planned, what are you most excited about? So I, I'm, I personally am a, uh, 
a tournament guy. So I like, you know, I like organized play stuff. I'm, so I'm excited to be able to do uh, legend, digital legend series tournaments, you know, do term, big tournaments within the app where everyone in the community, no matter where they live, will be able to, you know, will be able to, to participate and play um, and to be able to do, um, you know, cool things in those tournaments like, you know, doing level progression during the course of the right. tournament, etc. Um, so, um, I mean, I know there will be so many people that, that will be looking forward to that. So yeah, that, that's so, great to hear. Um, uh, so, I mean, I love doing the physical tournaments as well. I mean, the community, everybody in the community is so cool and so nice when people come together at the, you know, events like Origins. It's just, yeah, it's just fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I love seeing everybody in person. But, it's nice to do that with digital events as well so that people you know uh, around the world who can't travel can yeah. get uh, can get to, to join in the battle absolutely as well. and I, it will just be a, an entirely different level of competition when, when that yeah. happens as well um, shifting to, to talk about you know wise wizard games more broadly rather than just hero realms what's what's the next project for you guys uh, so, oh my gosh, we have so much cool <laughs> stuff in the pipeline. So we have, uh, um, uh, as people who follow our Kickstarters know, we've got uh, the Star Realms Rise of Empire. It's going to be coming out mm -hmm. soon. Uh, Robot Quest Arena, our um, miniature deck building game, yes. is uh, uh, going to be uh, coming out um, in this, uh, hopefully in August. Uh, for uh, we'll Hopefully we'll have it for sale at Gen Con itself and to backers before that, of course. And, uh, oh my gosh, people love that game so much. When they see it, I they know, play it. I was it, they disappointed that it. it wasn't here. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, honestly, um, I, I didn't want to demo it here because we don't have any for sale. Sure. And when people see it, that's they just flock to it. And so it's like, it's hard to get them to demo the other games. <laughs> so, because uh, um, yeah, it's just got such amazing table I, presence with those minis. Um, Brilliant. I, so, can't, I can't wait to see it. But well, yeah, are there any and, other projects that aren't, so about to be released, but so you know, many, so many, many that you can there. you can give us a little bit of a, a taste of. Um, I don't, I can't think of things to say about them without spoiling <laughs> okay, too much. But but basically, we have several. Um, well, actually, uh, that's not true. I have we have some games we've talked about a little bit before. So we've got a uh, we've got a miniature uh, uh, arena battle game by, designed by Richard Garfield, uh, the creator of Magic yes, Gathering. Yes. Uh, called Riders of Chaos, yes, um, okay. which is, uh, uh, it's really fun. You basically uh, chew, you've got the the, the riders, um, so the, the super powerful champions, and they are uh, riding incredibly powerful but chaotic beasts, like uh, like uh, Taurus the Bull, or, uh, or uh, there's like a... a, a a uh, feathered dinosaur and like a uh, um, uh, giant steam-powered spider robot and all just all kinds of crazy uh, cool. beasts. Uh, but they are they're they're difficult to control. And basically, when you ch when you play, you choose a rider and you choose uh, you choose a beast to be riding and. They each have a deck, and you combine them together when you play. Nice. And uh, and the um, uh, the cards from the beasts uh, 
uh, have sort of mandatory actions, maybe with a minor bit of choice involved, um, uh, and the cards from your character you have full control over. So you end up with a scenario where you're, uh, it really feels like you're like, you know, like riding a bull where you're like trying, you're, you're desperately trying to control where you're going and, uh, and what you're doing. And so with so when can we expect this? Is it going That's to kick That's going to be going to Kickstarter or? and, uh, I'm hoping that'll be, um, it, uh, well, be this winter, whether it's on the, uh, uh, this year's side or next year's side, okay. I'm not sure. Cool. Um, and, um, we have more Star Realm sets coming. Uh, we have more Hero Realm sets coming. We have um, uh, we have some. Uh, we have multiple new games that I'm very excited about. Uh, so we've uh, we've got uh, just a ton of stuff in the pipeline. So we keep um, our eyes and ears peeled. Yes. <laughs> so so long term then, Wise Wizard Games next five ten years. What's your your long-term vision for, um, so, for the company so generally speaking we just make games we love um so you know i would love to tell you i have a world domination plan <laughs> involved but uh but no it's just we just make we just make games we love to play um and we hope other people like to do so wow. that's uh um uh so so yeah we've got a bunch of really cool stuff coming we're trying to we're basically We've been growing the team, adding graphic designers, adding project managers, uh, because we have just so many evergreen games that yes. you know, we're, we need to keep uh, stuff going on all of those. So um, we're, um, you know, we're, uh, we're, uh, we've we've been adding designers, picking up games from you know from uh, talented designers who we've you know met at conventions, etc. We basically we've been uh, we've been uh, trying to increase our our capacity to do stuff in parallel. So uh, that's you know so we've added you know added designers sort of naturally by meeting yeah. people with you know who've been pitching ideas to us. And you know every once in a while we see one we're like oh that's a good one. Let's you know uh, let's work on that. Yeah. Do game development. Make you know try and make it even better and you know and, and bring them out. Um, um, and uh, um, and adding to you know all parts of our uh, uh, of the line, and we constantly get to the point where okay, like you know maybe uh, fulfillment logistics becomes the choke point, or or uh, or art acquisition becomes the choke point, or you know uh, uh, and we're we're you know we're trying to grow and address those things. So basically, but at the same time, we want to be careful with our growth to make sure that. Um, the the my least favorite thing in the world is uh, having to fire someone. Uh, yeah, like if uh, um, if you have company like and you don't have the dollars coming in, you know sometimes you have to make those terrible decisions of okay, I you know I, I have to let someone go because I just physically can't pay them. That's something I I uh, I want to avoid at all costs. So like uh, so we try and be cautious and make sure that where our growth speed is slower. So I'm fine growing slower and yeah. uh and trying to be you know stable uh in the process so. and i get the sense that the wise wizard game is quite a quite a compact type uh, yes yeah you know, business so you know it sounds like you know all your your people employees you know, yes quite, quite yeah well, so i completely yeah. you know, get that um look i'm conscious of, of your time so uh i guess uh is there any final uh question or uh, final comment or message that you'd like to give to the uh the sparks and wreck uh and and just broader Hero Realms online community. So, um, you guys are the ones who are playing in the beta a ton. 
giving us all the you know the feedback on the Discord and uh, and. Uh, I know it's great that, you know, all the legend backers get to see this stuff early and some of the non-legend backers are a little bit jealous of yes. that. However, <laughs> um, very jealous. <laughs> the, the, the work that is being done by the, by those players is phenomenally important for the health, long-term health of the game that that's making the game better for everybody. So when the, you know, when these uh, uh, packs come out and the, the, ba- the Kickstarter backers get them, um, it, you know, they're going to be much, a much better product, much better balance than they would have been without everybody in the community playing, giving feedback, and uh, um, and just the, the the sort of the group effort, effort communication is just fantastic. So uh, um, and uh, the community just overall is just so welcoming to people. Um, you know, non non judgmental, uh, happy to teach. You know, very welcoming. It's just fantastic. Uh, you know, I love the uh, the the realms community, the Star Realms, Hero Realms uh, players are awesome. Yeah. So. I mean, as, as I said to you before the interview, I had no idea when I backed the digital version that that there was going to be this community and that I would get so absorbed into yes, it. So yeah. it is. It's a, it's a brilliant community. Well, look, Rob, thank you so much for your time. Um, and thank you to you and Darwin and the team for not just creating a game that so many people enjoy, but clearly, as we've seen from the online community, it, it brings people together across the world and has genuinely, I think, forged new friendships between people who you know, have never even met. And again, my favorite thing about games is <laughs> bringing people together. It's Thank been you. a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks. Rob. In this next segment, we're going to listen to Arkennel's summary of his first day at the UKGE, where he goes into detail with a review on our own Horgel's personally designed game, Kapow. Hello, friends of Thandar. It is Arkanel here reporting to you from the end of the first day of the UK Games Expo, UK GE in Birmingham, England. Uh, this is my first con, uh, and it was pretty cool. Uh, I'm here for all three days. Day one was was pretty good. Just uh, cruised around by myself, uh, chilling out, soaking up the atmosphere. But uh, I made sure that uh, the first game I went and checked out today uh, was one from the Wise Wizards booth, uh, and it was, of course, Kapow. Uh, uh, kind of after having played so many games against uh, Horgle, which I'm sure many of you will have done as well. Uh, but after having played so many games against him, I thought I had to go and check out his game uh, first while I was uh, at UKGE. So I went and did that, uh, had a couple games of it, and yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Um, so for those of you that don't know anything about Kapow, you know, it's a comic book-inspired dice-building game. But you're not just using normal dice. Uh, you've got customizable dice as well. So you, you, throughout the game, you uh, take certain actions and that lets you add new faces to to your dice so you can kind of build them and customize them uh, to match the strategy that, that you want to take. So it's you know, primarily a, a 1v1 game, you know, heroes versus villains, uh, but uh, I know that there's rules to play you know, 2v2 or, or, or multiplayer. Um, but, you know, g- general impressions was that you know, it's really easy to learn, um, surprisingly quick, a lot quicker than I expected, uh, which you know, I think makes it really easy to play as, as a filler game you know, for those that are playing you know, on, on game nights. 
um, or you know, to get a, a, a few games in, in a single session. Um, I don't tend to play a lot of uh, dice games, but uh, you know, this is a really satisfying feeling, having you know, a handful of dice to, to chuck about the table. Um, you know, what was really interesting, though, that the crunch then came, you know, after you've rolled your dice, it was in a bit of a puzzle to kind of figure out, you know, how do you optimise where you're going to place your dice? Um, you know, it, it, basically, the board that you've got split up into to three, um, three areas. Uh, you've got attack in one column, defence in another column, and then the third column is like power up uh, and other upgrades, upgrading your dice. So, um, you know, you... You can roll a whole bunch of you know dice and, and roll what you need to make a really big, powerful attack, for example. But then you might end up with like one or two dice left over, so you kind of have to make this decision. You know, do you do you waste them this turn, or do you kind of reassess uh, your plan and and don't go with that big attack and, and redistribute your dice elsewhere um, so that you're actually using them all and, and making the most of the resources that you've got. So I you know I really like that. Um, Generally, yeah, I found it really satisfying to kind of build these dice and, and add the different faces to them, customize it in, in your own way. Um, uh, you, know, you start off with one of those. I think in one of the games, I ended up with three uh, of the customizable dice with all six faces uh, kind of um, bulked out and, and amped up to, to my strategy, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, also throughout the game, you're, you're then you're, you're not necessarily getting extra dice, but you're you're getting extra faces to clip into those dice. Um, so there's also a bit of a balancing act. You can you can take these actions which give you these faces as bonuses, but you know what's the point of having seven or eight uh, customizable faces if you've only got one six-sided dice, right? So you, you kind of want to balance that. So again, so you're maximizing your resources. So I played one game uh, of, of the vanilla version, which is just you know generic um, heroes and villains. Both players start off with you know, exactly the same uh, health and dice pool and, and abilities. That game, you know, flew by really quickly. And then the second game I played, um, we introduced, you know, a couple of the heroes, uh, a couple of special characters, you know, uh, heroes and villains. And so I was, I was uh, pretty surprised to see you know, a couple in there, um, one, with, uh, one with an electric guitar. Uh, I think her, her name was Reverb. And, uh, and the one that I played was a guy with, a, I think it was a cello. Um, uh, can't recall the name of that character, but, you know, I thought, you know, superhero or supervillain with a cello. Uh, Got to give that a go. Um, yeah, but introducing the characters really shook the game up. So, uh, as I mentioned, you know, the the customized characters come with um, their own unique player powers, so asymmetrical player powers, but also different starting conditions. So, not just different health values, but um, also additional. Uh, powers, but also different set of starting dice, so it, it really shifts things up. Um, so, you know, the opponent that I was playing had some special ability; they could trigger every turn without using any dice at all. I didn't have one of those, um, and he also had um, an ability that kind of every time he took a certain type of action, he got extra health, um, or, or every time he healed, he got an extra face for his dice. So. Um, you know, uh, and I got absolutely blitzed in, in that game. So actually, no, not absolutely blitzed, but I didn't win it. It was close. I didn't win it, uh, but I did win the first vanilla match. Anyway, the point is that the, the characters were really different, looked really cool. It's got a really nice feel to a really good um, artwork. Uh, and it was just a whole lot of fun, whole lot of fun. So um, props to, to Horgle for the great work in designing that game uh, and to uh, Wise Wizard Games for 
for great production value. Um, so if anyone gets a chance to have a go of Kapow, you know, really encourage you to do it. It was a great game, really good fun. Can't wait for the digital version to come out uh, and, and see you all uh, on that community too. Uh, that's it for me from now. Uh, I will be back at UKG tomorrow. Uh, who knows what I'm going to do. And then the day after that, I'll be uh, stepping into the Hero Realms tournament. Uh, currently, I know there's about 12 people signed up, but we'll, uh, we'll wait and see how many show up on the day. All right, that's it for now, folks. We'll speak to you later. Bye. Okay, coming up next is our channel's day two review of the UKGE. Catch it next. Right, so now that it's the day after, I've got a bit more time and headspace to just think back over the games yesterday and to actually record this without feeling rushed uh, between one game and another. So what's some of the stuff I missed yesterday? Uh, I don't think I mentioned that the, the format was uh, the Swiss rounds were 40 minutes each. Now, that seems like a really long time, especially when you've been playing in the app so long. Uh, I know certainly when I play async, I don't really have any sense of how much physical time a game has taken. You know, you can click the button and see, you know, it's turn 12 or turn 23 or whatever, but I don't really have a sense of how long that actually takes. Um, and partly, you know, that's because when you play async, you know, you open up partway through and, and your opponent's turn just, you know, whizzes by. So you don't actually have to, to wait for them to to make their decisions. So 40 minutes doesn't, you know, actually, uh, doesn't give you a whole lot of time, especially when you get mid to late game and you really want to think about, you know, turn order and how you play and you know, whether you actually want to buy that card or not, or whether to flip your deck now. There are a couple of times where, you know, I, before I played any cards, I would stop, pick up my discard pile, look through it all, you know, maybe count how many starter cards uh, I had in there, uh, to to try to figure out how many might be in the the two or three left in in my deck, um, you know, before I, I flip for next turn, or or you know, if I had none in my discard, trying to you know really figure out do I want to flip my deck now and lose you know for example the rampage that I've just played, um, but maybe you know m maybe if I luck out I might get the damage uh, that I need to to finish the game this turn. So you know, those decision points actually take, you know, can take quite a while. Um, so the, the tournament rules were that if, if you went to the 40 minutes in the Swiss, then each player would get, I think it was three more turns each. Don't hold me to that. But I think it was three more turns each. Uh, and then at the end of that final turn, it was whoever had the most health points would be declared the winner. No one uh, went to, to full time, as far as I'm aware. Uh, certainly, first round, uh, me and my opponent were the last ones playing, um, but we still finished within the 40 minutes. Uh, the, the first four rounds, uh, the whole of the Swiss took us about two and a half hours in total. And then the semis and the finals, which were best of three, those took another three hours for me. Um, that's because I had to end up playing all three games in both the semis and the final. Um, so I played 10 games yesterday uh, over what, five and a half hours. Um, so it, in the semis and the finals, that probably worked out about 
20 to 25 minutes per game. You know, then you had about five minutes between each to reset, uh, re- reset the game and you know, maybe take a quick comfort break. But other than that, like no one really stopped for lunch. A few, a few people kind of eating as we go, but there were no really long breaks um, between games. What I didn't report on yesterday uh, was round four of the Swiss, but honestly, I can't remember much of that. The notes that I've got from you know, tracking health um, tell me that there was at least 27 turns where you know, one or other of us gained health or dealt damage. Um, but it was still quite a quick game time-wise. Certainly we were finished before uh, at least half of the rest of the group. So when it then came to the finals, the top four, the way that works is uh, the whoever's first seed uh, plays the fourth seed, and the second and third seeds play each other. You know that's based on wins and strength of schedule from the Swiss rounds. So the guy who got first seed, he was the only one that got four out of four wins. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I uh, didn't play against him, but I heard that basically. He, um, his wife was playing in the wingspan tournament and he just wanted something to do while he waited. So he signed up for the Hero Realms tournament. I don't know whether he'd played much of it before, but hey, you know, he got 4-0 in the Swiss. Um, so he played the fourth seed, Jonathan, who I had actually played and beaten in the Swiss. But in their semi, Jonathan had won the first two games by the time my first game of the semi was even finished. So, so that was interesting. Um, I was the third seed, you know, having three and one record going in. And the second seed that I was playing against was a guy called Chris, who I had also played in the Swiss. But he was the one person that beat me in the Swiss. So, uh, you know, before we even started the semis, there was a bit of a mind game going on for me, you know, going in knowing, okay, this guy's beaten me once already. Uh, how's this going to play out? I won the first game. Uh, he won the second, uh, and that was pretty close. Uh, thankfully, I, I won the third. What was interesting, uh, again, I can't remember if I mentioned this yesterday or not, uh, all three of the the others in, in the semis chose Ranger. I chose Fighter. Uh, I think that certainly helped me... In, in the semi because Chris uh, in most, at least two of his games, he was really struggling just to line up his bows and arrows the number of times that, that he just failed. Uh, it was clearly getting a bit frustrated by that. You know, we, we actually made a big bit of a joke and a celebration uh, the first time he did manage to, to line them up. Um, but I think that, that certainly hampered uh, his, uh, you know, his effectiveness. Whereas uh, the guy that I played in in the final, Jonathan, although apparently he hadn't played a lot of uh, Hero Realms before, although he he has did say he'd played Star Realms a bit, uh, he it was like almost every time he was lining up his bows and arrows, uh, and there was certainly one game that the f- he he won the first game of the final, uh, and there was one turn where he literally cycled his entire deck in front of me. You know, yeah, I went from, uh, I'd clear, cleared all his champions out the turn before, um, so there was nothing on the, on the board. 
he uh, and then he just went through his entire deck. He got Arcus and Grack out, uh, and at least two other champions. I can't remember what they were. Uh, probably an orc grunt in there. But he was just smoking me in that one. And it was just so crushing to to have gone from clearing his board and just seeing him um, you know, playing one card after another. You know, I knew as well uh, you know, when he was like, okay, I'm now going to do this <laughs> before I do that. I could could just see he was lining things up. Um, yeah, so it was a bit soul-destroying to see him cycle his entire deck and go from an empty board to have four champions out there and me looking at my hand just thinking, no, there's no way I'm going to win this. Um, but then, you know, the, the second game yesterday... Game two of the final was a completely different story. From my notes, it looks like we went for about 20 rounds. When I say notes, it's just um, you know, where I kept track of health uh, on pen and paper, which I can highly recommend. Um, there was you know, a couple of times where the, the cards that you use to track health in the paper version just shifted. Uh, part of that was because you're on a table with you know, three or four other pairs uh, and the tablecloth just bunches up. You know, if the person next to you moves their arm the wrong way and kind of pulls the tablecloth, uh, it can shift yours or your opponent's health. So I think it just makes so much more sense to track health on paper. Jonathan, who I was playing in the final, as far as I'm aware, was the only other person doing the same, and and he did it from the outset as well. So clearly, I think he'd he'd played quite a bit of Star Realms. Uh, despite saying that he'd only dabbled in it a bit and had ne- and only played Hero Realms once before. He, uh, I'm pretty sure he knew what he was doing going in. But that also came in really handy in one of the finals matches because there was a point where, although at the end of each turn, we would both, you know, whoever's turn it was, would, would call out, say, okay, you know, uh, I've got it now as, you know, um, 56 health each or, you know, 50 versus 53 which was really useful just to keep checking in, knowing that we're on the same page and moving forward. There was one point where he hadn't noted that I'd healed up. It was only two health points, but you know, when some of these games do get down really close, uh, those one or two health points can make all the difference between a win and a loss. So, um, so that, that was a good thing to know. I think the other thing while I think about it that I had to be really mindful of was just slowing down. You know, a couple of my opponents, especially Jonathan um, or, and, and Chris more so, who I played in the semi, were just blasting out turn after turn. Um, now, and it almost creates this um, expectation that, that you play at the same speed. So I had to really consciously slow down, um, especially when they were both playing Ranger and were cycling their decks. If they were mid-turn uh, and flipping their decks, uh, sometimes they, before I even realised it, they'd picked up their discard, shuffled it, and then you know drawn the, the next card off the top. It didn't give me a chance just to say, hey, uh, I, can I take a quick look at your, your discard pile before you shuffle? So a couple of times I, I did say, look, next time you go to, go to reshuffle, can I just have a quick look? And they were fine with that. It's absolutely fine. Um, they didn't mind at all, but it does just really help um, just taking you know, 10, 20 seconds just to go through your opponent's deck, see how many of each faction they've got, do a quick assessment uh, tally of how much damage or, or heal they've got in, in their deck. 
Um, so yeah, what I'd say there is, you know, if you are playing an event, don't feel obliged to play at the pace of your opponent as well, because um, I think you know that that can trip you up. Uh, so back to game two. Yeah, that was um, it was a really different game to, to game one against Jonathan. Uh, it was it was pretty tight for most of the way through. It looks like uh, at one point we got to uh, twelve. I was on twelve health and he was on twenty eight. Uh, and then I'd gone heavy green that game. I managed to get. Um, get him to discard three cards. I think I had, I played two Elven Gifts, um, two Sparks or maybe a Spark and an Elven Curse and Nature's Bounty. So I forced him to discard three and I, I could see see the kind of the, the disappointment uh, and the sinking on feeling come across his face when I was like one discard after another. Yeah, and thanks, big shout out to Meowgan for giving me the heads up on the slow roll of the discard as well. Um, you know, certainly at that point as well, you know, he didn't care chucking the first one, but uh, I, I can't remember what the third card was that he threw out, but you know, it was a champion of some sort. So, you know, it, it was, it wasn't just a starter card he was ditching. So there's another tip, slow roll, play your discards one at a time, wait for your opponent to discard one before you play your next discard um, action or champion. <clears throat> so, um, so with that, I managed to make him discard three cards and then whacked him for about 20 damage on top of clearing any champions that he had out there. So um, he was then down to, to eight. Uh, I may have been at, may even have been at seven health at that stage. Uh, but, but in the end, uh, I was on seven health and then I managed to, to whack him for 21 the next turn. Uh, so... So I, I won that game. That was with, I think, a, a life drain and death touch combo um, for, for the knockout on, on that game too. Uh, so I think that, uh, that kind of shook him up a bit, uh, going from having won game one and being in a really strong position kind of mid-game in game two to losing that one so quickly. Uh, I think that, that kind of helped me then going in, into game three. So the other thing about game two of the final was that the starting market was entirely econ. Uh, I think there was was definitely an influence and a recruit out. I think there may have even been uh, one or two profits and a taxation, but it was it was literally all econ. And the way that the semi and the finals play is that whoever loses a game then decides if they want to go first or second in the next game. I can't remember exactly how they decide who goes first um, for the first game, whether it's the higher or the lower seed gets that choice. But certainly after the first and second game, the loser then chooses if they want to play first or second. So based on my knowledge, thanks to uh, our good friend Fierro, who told me a while ago that statistically player one has a higher win chance uh, about 10%, I think it is. I don't know what the average is across the community, but um, I had no idea of this. And when I, I I looked up my stats after he mentioned it, I could see that my player one win rate was about 10% higher than my player two win rate. I, of course, chose to go first. Uh, so I bought a couple of um, econ cards. I think I took the influence and then maybe a fire gem 
rather than the recruit because I wanted the, the damage rather than the heal. But uh, what I flipped was a Liss. And then, of course, Jonathan took Liss on his first turn, which I was a bit gutted at. But the way that then played out, because he then also grabbed, um, I think, a death touch as well, he overscrapped. I could see it uh, after about maybe his fifth or sixth turn. I could see what he was doing to himself. Um, of course, I wasn't going to mention it, but uh, thankfully, thankfully that helped. Uh, as I said, you know, it, it did give him a really strong start, and he got me down to about seventeen health quite quickly. But at that point, um, he he didn't have enough econ to to buy any you know, better quality cards. Uh, he was really just using his his gold to to track and set up his next turn. I think he could see himself what he what he'd done to himself and and the, the hole he dug himself into. You know, he could cycle his deck pretty quick, uh, but he he didn't have the damage to match mine uh, my output. So, so that was a really interesting uh, game from that perspective. Game three then, that was an entirely different uh, event altogether. So again, looking back at my notes, I think game one went for at least 29 or 30 turns. Game two went for at least 20 turns. Game three, uh, I, it was more like 11 or 12. So what happened in game three... Uh, he chose uh, I think he chose for me to go second uh, and, and yeah he, he went first for game three and uh, starting market there was a firebomb uh, and then also a, a bunch of econ so I kind of decided from the get go that that's what I was going to aim for that, that firebomb so he went first with his three cards can't remember what he bought I had, I think, four or five gold in my first hand. So I bought an influence uh, and uh, and a fire gem. So quite possibly the same starting cards as, as game two. Uh, in my second hand, then I had uh, I had throwing axe, which I then used to uh, use my ability to proc throwing axe to flip my deck. Um, after I'd bought an additional fire gem. So I knew that uh, by flipping the deck then, I was going to have my ruby, a fire gem, uh, and an influence all in there. There was the only non-econ card in the deck once I flipped it was my longsword. So flip the deck, and the card that I drew was longsword. Um, so I knew before I even flipped it at, at an absolute minimum, I was going to get seven gold. And what was interesting as well was that actually on his turn, he had flipped, um, a domination as well. So I knew at the very least I was going to be able to grab domination. Uh, but it was also more than likely that I was going to be able to get firebomb. So, uh, so he then took his turn. He played, uh, I think a spark made me discard a card. But fortunately, I think as I mentioned yesterday, I I drawn nine gold, so I just you know, scrapped, chucked one, and I still had the eight for the for the firebomb. And from then on out, it was um, it was pretty much downhill for for him. 
I, I played Firebomb twice uh, and it was pretty much game over. Um, by that time, it was 4.30 uh, or later than 4.30. So the, the whole expo, the main expo, closed at 4. Uh, it was just the hall for tournaments and open gaming that was still open. Everyone else in the tournament had left. Uh, even the the other two semi finalists, um, the only people that were there were CJ, uh, who's uh, Rob's son, who's running the tournament. Uh, me and Jonathan, and then a couple of his friends because he he was a local guy. Um, the 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 expo was in uh, in Birmingham. He lives in Coventry, which is you know like a 10, 20 minute train ride away. Uh, uh, so he had a couple of his local friends that were there, kind of hanging around, waiting for him. Um, uh, they were there. They were really the only spectators for the for the final game. Not even they weren't even there for the whole thing. Uh, but um, they were they were nice enough that when I won and CJ handed me the trophy, that that the three of them gave me a bit of a round of applause. So that that was nice to, <laughs> to have a little bit of celebration there. Uh, but yeah, that was that was the final. It was a you know a really really interesting experience. I mean, totally unexpected for me was how intense some of those games felt. And you know, Chris, the guy I played against, um, uh, it, both in the Swiss and the semis, you know, he said at the end of our Swiss game, you know, that he, he was like, wow, that, that felt really intense. And neither of us were expecting a card game to kind of evoke that sort of you know, competitive feeling. You know, really got the adrenaline rushing. It just reminds me of you know, when I was going uh, into you know, you know, um, football finals uh, as a teenager, you know, that, that kind of feeling and rush that you get. So it was interesting just to just to notice that, but you know, a whole lot of fun. So, folks, if you ever get a chance to go and play in one of these, you know, do it's it's just a blast, um, and it was nice just to meet some new people and have a bit of fun playing playing the game that we all love. And finally, in the final segment of episode 33, we have a legendary thank you from our kennel who goes through a really nice shout out to the community after his legend win. Listen to that next. Now, I know I said before that there were too many people to thank, uh, but there are some that, that I just have to name and say thank you to. Uh, and if I do miss you in this list, I apologize. But everyone that I've played games with over the last couple of months has has you know, contributed to you know, to me winning yesterday. So thank you to everyone. But some special mentions. Firstly, to Barry Zembu for inspiring the gauntlet that I set out on uh, 66 or 67 days ago now. When I first realized that Wise Wizard Games were going to be at UKGE. I didn't know whether they were going to have uh, a Hero Realms tournament or not, but I decided, hey, on that day, if they were going to, I wanted to be ready. So uh, 66 days before UKGE, I decided to do a, a Zembu-style gauntlet and uh, attempt the crazy task of completing a 1,000 vanilla games in those 66 days. Uh, I actually got to a 1,000 games in 40 days, uh, but the Hero Helper stats showed me that 200 of those were non-vanilla games. Uh, but I figured 1,000 games in 40 days was still not a bad crack. So, uh, Zambu, thank you for not only inspiring uh, 
that gauntlet, but also for the endless numbers of games that we've played since. Also, our other legends for their you know, tips and support along the way, first and foremost to Dave Birdlaw, who has been second to none in giving of his time and advice. Also, of course, to Tim and Sam, Dusto, Larry Horgel, uh, for your tips about tournament play, what to expect, how to go in there. Also, big thanks to Alex Decat, Matt Jigmalingpa, uh, Double Dubs, Rucksack Noodle. All of you still absolutely annihilate me most games in the app. Uh, but you know, huge thanks for your your post game analysis uh, and again tips and support going into the tournament. To my Aussie cobbers, the Thander from Down Under, Daily Twenty Three and Filtrophobe, uh, who have not only played huge number of games with me but you know the banter in the chat throughout as well and uh, our other Aussie compatriot Ragnar999 he's not an active member of the discord though I'm trying hard uh, he is the one person in this community that I have met and know in person uh, I got him into Hero Realms uh, I've played got more logged games with him than anyone else since he joined not all that long ago I'm hoping he becomes a more active member soon also, Omsk, Piffle, Rip. Uh, we started playing you know, quite a few games way back before it, my gauntlet even started. But you know, your recent efforts have, have, have been exceptional in terms of churning out games uh, for practice. Fiero for our late night chats, analysis, and just good old banter and chuckles. Uh, really appreciated the, the smiles and the laughs. Evo FX, you are, I think, possibly the first person to... Uh, to respond to my open invitation to, to join my gauntlet list. Uh, and we have played so many vanilla games since. You know, I really hope you can make it over to UKG next year and maybe we can have some games in person. Also, Dolphinio and Vanilla, uh, thanks for, for double teaming me. Uh, it's been great playing two of you at once, going turn for turn with, with one than the other of you. Meowgan, again, for our chats and banter. Other big thanks to your Luna Pig, Danderdag, Desterick, Fat Hobbit, Flexer, Logan K. Stewart, Fino, Vreep, Warden Slayer, Zabuza. Again, the number of games that we've played recently uh, has just been such help. Uh, and finally, and possibly most of all, special thanks to my two mentors, Eindelus, who was my first mentor uh, back when I just, you know, was new to the game and getting absolutely smashed by the vast majority of people, completely changed my perception of, of the game. Sure, we didn't play many vanilla games, but uh, as I said, you completely changed the way I approach the game and how I look at cards and evaluate everything. And, uh, and Peter Panic 74 more recently for giving me some specific fighter tips. Again, that really just boosted my confidence uh, going in, not having really played much fighter before, um, you know, just being more confident piloting that uh, at level three uh, has been really useful. Um, if I've missed you, I apologize. Uh, there are so many of you who, who've we've just played countless games over the last couple of months, but really genuinely thanks to all of you. Um, I, I hope you all get a chance to take part in a tournament one day uh, and, and hopefully take the trophy home yourself. Made it 
to the end of the show. Congratulations. You're a nerd. Tune into the next episode of Sparks and Recreation for more on community events, meta-analysis, and everything Hero Realms.